Welcome to the Ask Cadian Show with your host, Cadian Grant. This radio show airs bi-weekly on Sundays on BBS Radio at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Cadian is a life transformation coach and the author of the upcoming book, Climbing Your Happiness Ladder. If you would like to experience extraordinary shifts in your life, tune into this life-altering show to experience Cadian's unusual coaching skills. She will guide you to greater levels of happiness, fulfillment, and connection. And now, let's ask Katie. Hello, everyone. How are you? I am back tonight live. Um, I was not live the last show, July 3rd. It was a holiday weekend, so I took the night off. But this is a live show. And this is Katie and Grant, your live transformation coach. And I'm here, as always, to remind you of your greatness. That's what this show is always about, to help you find that fulfillment connection and happiness that we're all seeking um, in our lives. This is an interactive show, so remember to call in and chat with me at any time tonight. And the number in the United States and Canada is 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. And that's for the United States and Canada. And anywhere else around the world, the number you can dial directly is 723 I'm sorry 323 744 let me say that again anywhere else around the world besides US and Canada it's 323 744 4831 so give me a call so we can chat tonight haven't spoken with you in a while so I'd love to speak with you and tonight's topic is about finding solutions for today's problems using our minds our skills our creativity and engaging our heart which is very important to create solutions wow so the last week and a half have been very nerve-wracking and a little overwhelming and for a lot of people and and it was for me as well. It touched parts of me that I think I've never come in contact with before. And that's the fear of being a black mother with a young adult black son in this country. I've been in this country over 45 years and this is the first time ever in my life I felt afraid nervous for a little bit for myself, but mostly for my son due to all of the the coverage and what we what we saw in the last week and, and a half with the shootings and killing of two unarmed black men in Baton Rouge and Minnesota. And so it really touched me in a way that it brought me to a place that I have never been before. And I'm checking on my son and wondering where he is. And if he's not calling me or texting me fast enough, I find how nervous I was. And I've never been like that, like I said before. So um, I put up a, a post on Facebook's, Facebook about my feelings. And I got, oh my God, overwhelming response 
for that post from people I don't, most people I don't know. I got private text messages and Facebook messages and calls and from people I knew, um, just, you know, checking in, saying that they may can't walk in my shoes, but they understand, you know, they'll like to, you know, send their blessings and love and, and most importantly, they want to know what they can do. So first, I want to say thank you for everyone that reached out. It really helps when you are feeling like that, that people reach out to you. It's really a, a, a very good thing that you don't feel alone in this world. And we all crave for a certain level of, of safety. So th- I thank them very much for all their calls and messages and, and, and texts and so on and so forth. And the other part of that is what can they do? What can we do to help this problem? I'm in the same situation as you are, or I can't relate, but I can relate on a human level um, as one human being to another. I don't know what to do. This is the first time they were feeling like I was, that they were affected in this way um, with what had happened with the two young men. And, you know, inequality is a deeply rooted, ingrained energy in the United States energy field. So there isn't one solution to this thing, and it will never be one solution to anything. It is a multifaceted problem involving so many areas and things and people. And so it has to be confronted from the same aspect, from a multifaceted angles, different angles as well. And I hope tonight, hopefully tonight, you will get a, a step closer. You'll feel a step closer to what is it, if you're at loss at what you can do, I hope I can help you move a step closer in that direction. Because honestly, I am in the same boat as you. I want to tackle it head on, but we're all not here to tackle this problem head on. I was, I remember... I live in a very a pretty safe community, so I don't encounter those problems. That's why it was even more surprising that I felt like that because the community I live, I've lived here for 25 years and it's a very diverse community. I encounter the police all the time and never had a fear. There, there's no police brutality here. My kids don't have a fear of the police. As a matter of fact, they come into the school every year and they talk to the children about things. I remember a few years ago, it was mostly about drugs when we were going through, this country was going through that problems and we still have that problems, but with drugs and they came in and taught the kids a lot of things. And my youngest daughter told me that they came in and, you know, spoke to them once again and they asked the children, you know, if they had any question. And a lot of the African-American children raised their hand and said that we are scared. And they want to know, well, why are you scared? And it's like, well, we have been watching the news and and we're seeing what's happening with all other African-American, you know, some of them are children being harmed by the police and we feel afraid. And my daughter said they reassured them that not every police officer is that way. You know, and I thought it was really, really good that they made the kids feel safe and not afraid and say that don't fear us. We're not that way and don't judge us based on another, you know, another situation. So they reassured the kids that 
that was not happening here, which is to me was excellent. And of course, the kids feel really great because, you know, I've had my 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 daughter's been pulled over, my son, by police, and they're very kind and all their friends, you know, because when they're new drivers, you know, they, they're not always obeying the law. So, so that's why it was really strange that I was feeling that way. But I want us to look at it that, you know, we're, we chose to be born in this time and space to deal with this, to, to deal with the issues of this time and space. So we're just not here just to, you know, go about our business and not address things. We, we, we chose to be born in this time. That means we are part of the solution, whether it's directly or indirectly. And let me explain to you what I mean by that, whether we're directly or indirectly involved. Everything is energy, as everyone knows, and everything has an energy field. So we ourselves individually has our own energy field, you know, our body and so on and so forth. And we come into this, into this world with things that we personally want to work on, you know, our own personal fears and challenges, you know, belief systems we want to get rid of, you know, we personally want to grow and evolve to love and inclusiveness. That's our own individual energy field. But there are so many other energy fields that we align to because of who we are. For instance, there is the gender energy feel men and women and now there is the lgbt trend you know transgender um, um community as well so if you're a woman you align to the issues of that energy field. Women has their own on a whole energy field. At one time, we were not seen equal as men. We didn't have a right to vote. We couldn't have a credit card without our husband's signature. And we gotten past all that. And we're working on other issues such as equal pay and so on and so forth. And men has their own issues that they have to deal with. And then we have other energy fields that we also align to and connect with like the race energy field. So if you're black, you connect to that and it, you know, there's an energy field for that race and there's an energy field for the white race and, and the Spanish and, and, and so on and so forth. That's part of who you are. African-Americans in this, in this country have, they're very close to the, the energy of slavery because you know, it happened here in this country. And it's not just the African-Americans, the white also, the oppressed and the oppressors. And that's still deeply rooted within them. While other Blacks um, are not so um, connected to it because they were not born here. So it's they're not as close. So sometimes when a person from a different country is not sharing your views on things, you we, you should look at it this way that, oh, they are not part of that energy field. They're not directly connected. So they don't have that kind of sensitivity as you do. Um, but they are, they are indirectly connected to it. And then there's like the religion energy field. If you're Christian and you're you're a devout Christian, so you are connected to that. If you are a Muslim and a Jew or a um, Buddhist, whatever religion you are, whatever you align to, you're part 
of that energy field. And then it goes on and on like vocation, right? Or you're a doctor, you're lying to that government officials, like, you know, the police um, stuff that's going on now, you know, you're lying to that. So I am not directly connected to that, but I'm indirectly connected to that. And so we have all these parts of us that gets triggered when things happen. And there's a whole lot more. I just can't, you know, it doesn't make any sense to go through it, but you can on your own time, think about what else, what other energy field am I connected to here? You know, and then we're all connected to the collective, the whole, right? The whole, um, that's what we're working on, moving towards engaging our hearts and towards one race, the human race, eventually headed to the whole where everything and everyone is connected, the animals, the trees, the ocean, we just all feel like one. And so what we're, um, because we, whether we're I mean, whoever we are, and we are connected to all these different fields, that's why we feel differently about different things and why some things are more important to us than others, you know, but we're all working together on this collective energy, remembering that we are the whole and and we're all part of the higher consciousness. So as I was thinking about tonight, um, I got very connected to a particular um, energy, and that was the energy of the Black community and what's going on. And it brought me down to a very, very low level, which is anything that you are negative, you're feeling negative about is really your vibrant and low, nervousness, worrisome, resentment, and so on and so forth. And it took me a few days to get out of that because it really hit home for me. Um, And um, so my question is, the question that I got was, what can we do from a lot of people? What, 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 What should I be doing? I really need to do something. And what I really want us to think about is how can we use our minds, use our skills, use our creativity and engage our heart to come up, to begin moving in the direction of a resolution. Some of us are activists by nature. We can go out and protest and form coalitions, you know, and while others, some of us are writers, so we call attention to the issues by writing about it. Some of us will put money into organizations that we support because we have that 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 edge what can you do right now with the skills that you have that's the easy part actually you know when you're using your mind and your innate skills and creativity and engage our hearts that's the easy part that you can use right now to come up with something What is more difficult is to think outside of the box, to stretch those skills and and the creativity while engaging your heart deeper to contribute to um, this solution. We are called to go beyond 
our scopes and our limits when a problem exists, and especially if it's so deeply rooted and ingrained the way oppression and inequality is in the United States culture. So how can we think outside of the box, uh, outside of our norm, to begin finding a solution? And when I get back, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of people who has done that and was doing that still. And it, it's not reserved for people you, you know, who a lot of us think, well, I'm not that empowered. I'm not that powerful. But these people are everyday people just like us. And because they use their minds, their skills, their creativity, and engage their hearts, they have come up with solutions that's helping their community, their part of the world. Therefore, they're contributing to a solution at, you know, from one angle. So what can we do as well to, to help with that? So I'll be right back in a few minutes um, to tell you those stories um, that I've found quite interesting. And um, when I get back, I will, dis- I will discuss that. I'll be right back. Hello, this is Kadian Grant of Ask Kadian. And every fourth Thursday of each month, I will be facilitating a life transformation group coaching online class. This class will begin on January 28th. If personal one-on-one coaching isn't for you right now, and you would like assistance with change in your life, then I highly recommend getting started with this class. Each month, we will work on a particular theme. I will answer questions coach and be there for your personal development. For more information, please visit my website at www.kadiangrant.com and click on group coaching to begin your transformation. I am here to remind you of your greatness in every way. Okay, and hello, this is Katie and Grant. Welcome back um, to the second part of the show. And tonight we are discussing how we can find solution for today's problems using our mind, skills, creativity, creativity, and engaging our hearts to create solutions. And what triggered this topic was the overwhelming of coverage that Um, I was paying attention to with the killing of Alton Sterling and Philandro Castell. And I said in the first part of the show how that really hit home for me because as a Black mother in um, in this country with a young Black son, I, I felt a little nervous and and I put something on Facebook and which which caused a lot of people to contact me and asking what can they do. And like I said in the first part of the show, there's not one answer to this. But we I want us to think outside of the box, going beyond our scope, going beyond our limits and how we can contribute to this because that is the answer. When we are sitting down in our second chakra, when we are 
up angry and worry and nervous, that's where we are. We are in our second chakra. And we will not come up with the best solutions because we're coming from a place of, of negativity. We have to get out of that second chakra and come up to our heart and engage the heart and feel the heart and feel the connection and feel how connected we are supposed to be as human because there isn't um, there isn't more than one race. There's just one race, the human race. And then there are others that is totally in their minds. They seem insensitive. They seem so disconnected from the issues. You know, they're, they're quiet about it or they're against organizations that's trying to fight for a cause or, you know, they'll say, well, it's not happening to me or my family. So, you know, it's not my issue. Those people are in their head, you know, so they need to come down to their heart to feel, to feel because they won't come up with a solution. They won't think they about it They and they won't contribute to, to this, to a solution to this problem. And I said earlier, we were born in this time and fate and, and space to contribute to today's issues. So I wanted to give you an example. I came across these two gentlemen, and you could Google them, Jamil McGee and Ben Harbour. And let me tell you a little bit about their story. Ben Harbour was a white, he's a white, and he was a police officer. And he was looking for a second arrest that day. He had one arrest and he wanted to get a second one. And no matter what, he was going to get the second one, he said. And so he planted evidence on a, a, a young, a, on a black man and he falsified reports. And the man got four years in, in, in prison and he lost everything. While Jamil, it was Jamil McGee. While Jamil was in prison, Ben Arbor got in trouble because he he was found out and um, they found out that he was falsifying a lot of records and he was sent to jail for a year and a half. And a lot of the cases he was on was overturned because of what he had done, planted ev evidence, falsified reports and so on. When Jamil came out of prison, I think after about a year and a half, um, he said he wanted to really hurt this ex-cop. And of course, Ben Harbour lost his job. He really wanted to, because he took away everything he had. He had lost everything and he was very innocent. It turns out they both ended up at the same job service place looking for a job and they both ended up working at the same place. And so they're in close, it's a cafe, so they're in close um, quarters. And Ben Arbor, the ex-cop, went up to Jamil and said, there was, I have no excuse for what I've done. And I am, I am dearly, dearly sorry for what I've done. And that's all Jamil needed to hear was he was, that this cop was generally sorry. And he forgave him. And today they are friends. They are not just friends, they're very good friends. And they both now go around and speak in the community together about their situation and about how we can help what's going on um, in this country. That is a very unique um, solution. And if Jamil had not, the guy that was, was accused, had not 
engage his heart, if he had sat down in that second chakra with the anger and the resentment and the revenge, he would not have been able to forgive Ben and hear how sincere he was with his apology. And if Ben hadn't gotten out of his head, it took him going to jail to become more aware, to shift his perspective on things and people and inequality in this country. To It took all of that for him to get out of his head and come down to his heart and to apologize. And these two are friends. So as I'm listening to the story, I'm, lo- I'm reading the comments on Facebook and people are like, oh, I would never forgive him. He should have spent much more time in jail and so on and so forth. Most of the comments were negative. And if... Jamil had done that, they we wouldn't they wouldn't be where they are today. And we're looking for solutions. We're not trying to create more problems. We want to find, you know, resolution for these things. And now they're both out there speaking out about this. And they're very good friends. We are not really here. We don't really want to harm each other. We do that, but on a deep level, we really don't want to do that. And it took something to open up a personal awareness to say, hey, that's not right. I shouldn't have done that to that person because that person looked that way. Another person I want to tell you about is Jane Elliott of Riceville, Iowa. And Jane Elliott was a um, school teacher in this small town of less than a thousand people. She was a third grade teacher And she had a classroom of nothing but white kids. And she was teaching them about racism. But when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated, she wanted to, she wanted them to experience more. She felt they needed something deeper than her just telling them. So she came up with the blue eyes, brown eyes experiment. And what she did was she went to school the next day and she separated the class into blue eyes, brown eyes, and she made the blue eyes kids on top and allowed, you know, minor discrimination against the brown eyes. Like they couldn't have extra recess and they couldn't have extra things for lunch and and they had to sit a certain way, a certain place and they couldn't participate in certain things. And then the next day she reversed it. She, she you know, switched positions. So the other kids now were on top and the other kids were now being discriminated against. And what was interesting with that experiment that Jane Elliott did was the kids, when they spoke about it, um, and there's a PBS special, you could Google that and watch it as well. You could feel how you can really feel what they're feeling and they're crying and talking, they didn't like it and so on and so forth. And it makes you, under, you know, bring you to that point of understanding what others are feeling when they're being discriminated against. And she taught that for a few years and she's well known around the country. She used to teach it in prisons and so on and so forth. What was interesting to me was when I watched the PBS special recently, I hadn't seen it um, until recently, they brought back some of those kids that was part of the experiment like 15 years later, and some of them had children now. And they talked about how difficult that was 
but as difficult as it was, they glad they were glad that they went through it and experienced it because when they went out into the world, remember this is now the 60s and when the civil rights movement was really big in the early 70s, um, they're hearing people say certain things about people and they can easily agree because you can get caught up with that in that, but then they they remembered their teacher's experiment and how they felt about you know discrimination and being discriminated against. So they can easily remove themselves from you know those kind of thoughts. And the ones that have children are teaching their children as well about discrimination. She has touched the lives of those few people. This is a was just a school teacher, you know, of a very small town who used her mind. Her skills was her teaching, her creativity. She came up, she came up with this experiment and her heart because she felt how what she felt when she encountered or heard about racism. And I remember what she said was when they were talking about the death of Martin Luther King, they kept saying him and his people as if they were subhumans. And she's the one who was was saying it's not more than one race. It's just one race, the human race, you know, and, and she, that really hit home for her. And she's been an activist of, you know, regarding this ever since. So as we go out of the box, we step out of our box and we engage all the things I just said, and we go beyond those scopes and those limits, we come up with unusual things, creative things that can help a situation. We can't help all the 300 million people in this country, but you can help your part of the world. You know, another guy I just encountered was is Officer Tommy Norman, who I think is so wonderful. He has like a million Instagram followers. He has like almost a million Facebook um, likes. And this officer is so wonderful. Just look him up on Facebook, Tommy Norman, Norman Officer Tommy Norman. And he's he's a uh, um, uh, he patrols this you know, impoverished neighborhood of, of, of kids, people, and how he interacts. Just watch the videos of how he interacts with the children, with the people itself. They're very poor, you know, and different from he, different race than he is. And he has gotten so popular that people send him things from around the world, to help these people, send things for the kid's birthday and for the people's houses and, and we're helping. And he calls this community policing, which originally that's what police is supposed to be. They're supposed to protect the community. And, and um and that's what he's doing. But his community has expanded way beyond his area in Arkansas. It's his community is has expanded outside of the state. Uh, he gets presents from Canada and Las Vegas and stuff like that. Is is expanded outside of the United States to the world. So his community community has gotten bigger because of who he is. Now he's a police officer who's directly connected to that energy field 
of the police and that I talked about earlier, but he has chosen to do something else. He has chosen to be one of those, and there are many, many, many officers. I'm not saying there isn't. I actually, there are more good officers than there are bad officers. I truly believe that. But he's one of those officers who has brought back community policing, and it's wonderful to watch. So if you could look him up, look him up, you'll see how he is in the community of kids, everybody he knows. Some of them that are 17, 18 now that have known him since they're seven and eight, and the people in that neighborhood, how they love him, and how he has helped those children not to be afraid of police. So these three people that I mentioned tonight, how they have used what they have you know, what they have, his skills as a police officer, Jane Elliott as a teacher, you know, and how Jamil and Ben Harbour have used their heart to connect and to add to the solution and not to the problems of this country. So how can you do that? That's what I want you to think about. How can you just go beyond your everyday life and what can you create? What can you create to, and if this is not a big issue for you, what is a big issue? Because you are connected to something. What is a big, is it women equality? Is it the LGBT community? Is it animal um, issues? What is it? You know, is it polluting our atmosphere? What is it that really gets you going that you're really not using your 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 creativity and your skills in your mind? You're just being angry about it or just thinking, oh, yeah, that's sad, but, you know, there's nothing I can do. You can do something. What is it that really gets to your heart that you can um move towards this problem. And I have a caller on line one, Lynn. How are you, Lynn? Yes, hello, Katie, and good to talk with you. I'm glad you're working on uh, bringing up the ideas of -of out-of-the-box solutions. Yes. Yes, thank you. How are you? What can I help you with? Uh, Well, um, I just wanted to let people know there's a group called SURJ.org, it's showing up for racialjustice.org, and um, they're really beautiful, and their intentions are right on. And also, too, I've been working on uh, with some legislators, getting some legislation so that we can actually start to sign people up for community services, a jobs bill, at a guaranteed basic universal income with single payer so that we can start mm-hmm. the re- placement of signing people up for more armed forces that are tied to all the warring and the drugging and drug wars and terrorism and gun violence and what have you. So that's happening too. So I just wanted so to So the first one you said was S U R J. Yes, org. it's showing for racialjustice.org. Okay, showing up for racial justice. That org, and this organization was founded by you, or no? It you're was just okay. I think it was an offshoot of ROP, um, Rural Organizing um, Projects, and just a lot of different online youth communities that are coming forward. Um, the mm-hmm. Quakers are 
are working on some really beautiful legislation. So are the Unitarian Universalists. And there's actually a Unitarian Universalist United Nations right in Washington, D.C., and uh, trying to work with different um, cultures with the language apps and Internet and what have you to say, hey, um, robotic warfare is here, and we need to get the thought forms off of warring because, you know, ro- robotic warfare is uh, it's on the move, and we have to, you know, work together to start these um New cities, new uh, cities of enlightenment, peace, green, helping, healing, caring, sharing services, and green civil services. So, right. And what about that speaks to you? Because you sound very passionate about it. Um, well, you work with some transformation programs, and the um, there is a program for um, infrastructure now that's out there in legislative format to get out to these different groups. That when you go to community services, we don't care what race or religion you are. So you have a guaranteed basic income, it, it, and it's monthly. And um, then mm-hmm. it's got single payer attached because the armed forces have single payer and these ben- family benefits that they keep luring the kids into violence. So anyway, that's right. what's really important to me. And having these uh, new um, addiction recovery and mental health care facilities set up for all the body, mind, spirit healers like you're doing in every single community and that's where the police would be taking people for healing of the addictions mm-hmm. and recovery programs that we have that you could use locally and globally that are open 24-7 in every single community. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Lynn. And I'll take a look at that. And to all the callers, you could take a look at that as well, surj.org, and see what speaks to your heart and and, and, and what can begin to make those wheels turn in your head. And so we can move towards something um, meaningful, that we can do meaningful to help, because I did get a lot of people reaching out and asking. So thank you so much, Lynn, for that information, and um, have a great day. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, so um, I'm going to give out the phone number again. Thank you, Lynn, so much for calling in. And if you have anything to share, I'm glad that that's what she did. You don't have to have a question for me. You, If there's something you want to share, wonderful. Um, so we all can, you know, take a look at what speaks speaks to us, you know, so we can, we can be part of the solution, not the problem. Because if you're not part of the solution, even if you're quiet and you're not doing anything, you're actually contributing to the problem. So the number in the U.S. and Canada is 888-627-6008. And anywhere else around the world, 323-744-4831. And I'm going to take another short break and I'll be right back in a few minutes. Hello, this is Cadian Grant of Ask Cadian, and every fourth Thursday of each month, I will be facilitating a live transformation group coaching online class. This class will begin on January 28th. If personal one-on-one coaching isn't for you right now, and you would like assistance with change in your life, then I highly recommend getting started with this class. Each month, we will work on a particular theme, 
I will answer questions, coach, and be there for your personal development. For more information, please visit my website at www.kadiangrand.com and click on Group Coaching to begin your transformation. I am here to remind you of your greatness in every way. Okay, welcome back and thank you for tuning in with us tonight. And tonight's topic is about finding solutions um, for today's problems, using your mind, skills, creativity, and engaging your heart to create solutions. We have to engage our hearts. If we're not in our hearts, then we are down in negativity. We're down in the anger and the resentment and the revenge and the retaliation, like what happened in Dallas. That's not what we want. And if you're not in your heart down there, you're in your head. You're walking around as if um, none of this is a part of you, so you don't need to do anything. Well, in reality, you are here on this planet, so you're here to make some kind of contribution. It doesn't have to be in a quality issue, issues. It could be anything, anything that really speaks to you. You should be out there and feeling passionate about something, trying to make things better. And um, so we had we did have a caller, Lynn, that called in and gave a website, surj.org. Check it out if that speak to you speaks to you. Go ahead. If not, do the search, you know, on the internet um, of what you can do. There's people like Officer Tom Tommy Norman that people are sending things to that community. It's a very impoverished community. I heard, I was watching one of the videos and a lady said, sometimes when Officer Norman comes around with, with, with food, um, some of these kids haven't eaten all day. People send them clothes and toys. And, you know, how good would that make you feel if you can help another person? You know, if homelessness, you know, speaks to you, go out and feed the homeless what kind of what can kind of program can you institute in your community um it's we should get back to that what can we do in our community um to help raise awareness and 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 bring in what we need in the community so we can we're just more than surviving you know, how great it is for the police officers around here to come into the schools and speak to the children so they can feel at ease. They have enough issues to think about. They're teenagers. They have to think about school and, and some of them have personal problems at home. They don't need to worry about the police who's supposed to serve and protect them, which majority of them is doing their job, but we do have those cases where that's not happening. So how great it is to have reassurance that you are okay. When my son found out how worried I was and why I was, he sat down and he spoke to me and it made me feel so much better, you know, that he believes he's okay. He says, mom, I'm okay. None of that is going to happen to me, you know, so that made me feel better that he felt that way about himself, you know, the mom who's the coach, right? He's coaching me on this, which is wonderful. I am not opposed to that at all. So 
you know, I talked about all of that in the first half of the show, you know, and also the different energy fields that we all belong to. And that's why some things, you know, hit us directly and some things not so indirect, not so directly, which is indirectly. And um, so every energy field is tied back to that collective energy field, the wholeness and the inclusiveness is inclusiveness of every human animal and everything on this planet. That's why you see some people so passionate about animal rights and, you know, the garbage in the ocean. And yeah, I can, I understand that and I won't litter, but that's not my passion. But I am glad someone is passionate about that because that means that we will form coalition and legislation like this lady was talking about to protect because we're not always on our best behavior. You know, and the issues we're facing is helping us all get to that place, but just from different angles. Some of us are directly tied and some of us, like I said, indirectly. And so here's another solution I want you to um, think about that um, it's going to seem a little insensitive on my part. But I believe in reincarnation. So I don't I don't believe that we can do everything in one life. You know, the things I was in the church for a while and I remember thinking this is too much for this short span of my life because by the time I got myself together, I was like 35 years old. I couldn't do all of what was asked for me and it was just too much for me. So I believe that we come here over and over to, um, to grow and, and evolve. So another solution that um that comes to mind is 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 when a person dies most of his energy footprint leaves as well with that person so if a person was born in the time of slavery and they were the slave masters and the oppressor that energy is leaving with them they're taking it, majority of it, with them. And so as that generation is dying out and we, we're, that's it's happening, majority of them are leaving, has left and they're, they're leaving some more, um, the inequality energy begins to dwindling, dwindle down. And it uplifts the energy of the planet. And we move a step closer to equality. Our nature and the planet's innate nature is love and inclusiveness, and that totally goes against that. So as that energy leaves, the planet begins to vibrate higher. And it's not just the ones that were the oppressors, it's also the ones that were oppressed. They have been brainwashed, you know, uh, they've been brainwashed and they, they have, you know, within them, they think less of themselves. And you hear them, you hear them, that older generation say, well, that's just the way things is. Um, we can't change that. Um, actually, I was speaking to my father a few months ago, father's in his 70s, and he was making those statements, you know, and I was thinking, my goodness, I realized that I couldn't convince him that we can change things. I just had to just let him rant 
and let him understand that I believe that things can change. But I wasn't going to fight him on that because that generation you can't convince. So as they leave as well, the ones that are oppressed, they're taking that energy with them, that energy of, oh my God, this is the way things it, it is. Um, equality, inequality is so, and there's nothing I can do about it. We just have to learn to live with it. You know, these are the things that they say. So as they leave as well, the energy of the planet is also vibrating higher, you know? So, um, and that's just the way it is. It's not that I'm being cruel or insensitive, insensitive because we all die. We're all going to die. But whatever we believe, our belief system, our low vibrant energy, most of it leaves. And if you notice that this, the world is changing. I know it doesn't seem that way. And I've watching, I don't watch news. I, I watch a lot of things on the internet and I hear, you know, a lot of African-Americans say, oh, things hasn't changed and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Things has changed. We want it to be better. Yes. We want the change to be faster. Yes. But things have changed. Things is nowhere near what it used to be. And that's just how energy is. It takes time because it was so ingrained in this culture, in this country, it takes time to undo, you know? And um, so while those people were here, they had the opportunity to use their minds, their skills, their creativity, and engage their hearts to resolve this plan is issue, but they didn't shift enough. You have a few people like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King or a Rosa Parks, the people we hear about, you know, that basically um, dealt with this problem head on. And there's so much more, you know, and and um, and that helped move this along. But it wasn't enough of them to really get this 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 problem moving in a whole lot faster direction. So those people who didn't shift enough in their awareness, they're leaving. And it's, you know, when they leave, they, the planet will be different. That generation made the rules and the laws that we are here struggling with, you know, and they made it from their point of consciousness. And the ones that accepted that law as is were also at a certain point of consciousness and accepted what was given. And then there is the rest of us that's born year. I was born at the tail end of that. I was born in the late 60s. So the ones even in the 70s and 80s, they're they're coming and stomping on this. Oh my gosh, even the ones in the 80s, these they call them the millenniums, they're stomping on these issues, issues, they're coming at it really hard from different angles. And this generation wants more inclusiveness, more equality, equality. And you can tell based in the last few years the issues that have been coming up. For instance, the LGBT community. We, 20 years ago, you, we didn't have that. You, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't allowed to get married and it wasn't even talked about. It wasn't on TV the way it is and, and it wasn't out in the open the way it is. That's a new set of generation teaching us about equality and inclusiveness. You have organizations like Black Lives Matter that's 
that's really bringing forth this police brutality against the black community. They're out there demonstrating, you know, they want equality. We have had the change is, is really apparent what has happened. We have had the first black president. We never would have thought about that it, 20 years ago, you know, and we have the first women presidential nominee this year. And it's it, even in the, the political arena, we saw the mixture of different race and gender and religion in that political um party parties this year. We're also seeing a lot which um, is so ob- evident and obvious and people that are fighting against equality is really fighting a losing battle. The mixes of races in romantic related relationship, you know, a lot of that where they're producing mixed children. These children cannot identify with one race, with you know, one culture and so on and so forth. So as we are, the planet is growing, that's what's happening. So the ones that are fighting against it is just really fighting a losing battle. We have even had people that's adopting, it's very popular to adopt outside of their race and raise children as their own, you know, regardless of who they are. You know, and then we can see it in the sports arena in my time, the mixture of at one time some sports was, you know, all white. Now we're seeing the mixture in the tennis and the golf and there's come such a long way we have. So when we look at it on the whole, we think, oh, my God, this problem is not going away. It's not moving along. It is moving along and we have come a long way in the last 30, 40 years. Yes, we need to be, we need to eradicate it. Yes, I wish it was faster. And we only have, you know, just one race and we look at it that way. And I don't have to check off on the form that I'm black and and that we shouldn't have that question, period. And I don't like the fact that people say, oh, there's the minority group. There isn't a minority group. We're just one group, the human group, you know. So when we begin to um, look at those things and not be just accepting of what's given to you, then you too are changing the energy of the planet, okay? So what can you be a part of? What can you create? How can you use your skill? How can you use your money? What do you have that can contribute to any issue on this planet? It doesn't have to be the issue of inequality. What can you contribute to? contribute to. That is why we are here. You choose you chose to be born in this time and space just for this. And if you're not contributing, you're not really living a happy life. You're not even engaging your potential. If you're even just hands off and not doing anything. You are not, you're just here existing and you're not living and you're here to live a happy, abundant life. Okay, so I hope tonight's show helped you to at least think about what you can do. And I hope everybody has a great week and I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. And um, as always, I am here to remind you of your greatness. Good night.